Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hairraiser Podcast. Alright, post-NFL draft party, let's get started. Hey, Hairraiser Podcast, we got Rhino in the house, we got Phil in the house. Later, we're going to be joined by John Schaefer, he's Director of Football Operations up at SDSU of on-campus recruiting. But it is such a nice day out here today on Monday here in Sioux Falls, and I'm sure wherever you're at, so... Let's get right to what are you drinking tonight? Let's start with Rhino. What do you got there? I have the uh, American Bush Light. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I have not gotten out of the house in a while, so I still have the uh, 30 going. Well, we have to support Bush Light, too. Yes, right. And I'm glad there's not a foreign Bush Light. <laughs> That's true. Gosh, no. Phil. I am I am drinking a heavy metal I think is what it's called the Bavarian style ale from Remedy Brewing right here in Sioux Falls. Uh, this was one of the I don't know six to eight beers I quick grabbed at uh, Willikers before the chaos all began and I just letting them percolate in my refrigerator while I uh, while we do our podcast. So I always have a new one to pull out. I got one more from Remedy that we'll uh, we'll give a whirl next week, but. Because that's your last beer? Yeah, because that's the the last one that we have left. (laughs) Well, that is superior planning. I have another beer from EBC. Shout out to John John Klein, John up there in Brookings, for getting the beers from Brookings down here to Sioux Falls. This EBC, Eponymous Brewery, and up there in Brookings. Titled this beer, uh, Four-Letter Words. It's a session IPA. Four-Letter Words is aptly named because I got some four-letter words for our, our guest last week. One Brookings Mark, what an abomination of bringing somebody on for oh boy. talking about football. Now, I just want to set this up. Now, Philip, I want to be fair to everybody. Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, but yep. Brookings Mark, who is definitely a hair raiser, definitely part of the tailgating team, and Absolutely. been a very integral part of the tailgating team, wanted to be part of the podcast. Correct? Yeah, we like to bring him on when uh, when it works. Yeah. And his job was to have some Vikings takes on the draft, yes? We were hoping for some Viking insight for the rest of us who don't follow them nearly as closely as he do. That's correct. So this was not a surprise. No, I I prepped him (laughs) at least 24 to 48 hours in advance. I can't even keep a straight face. Rhino's going to pass out. Yeah, Rhino's just (laughs) hanging there, buddy. I had to go through the postmortem. Our listeners, our liberal listeners, should have went up significantly because I listened to this a few times on different devices. Because I had to go back through and listen to this. And the number one thing that I found was every question that we asked to start came back with another question. And what that tells me is, A, you don't want to answer the question, or B, you had no idea this was coming, you're not prepared, and you're trying to buy time but boys, which boys, to answer the question. But boys, guys, 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 if people want to go back a week, and I'm sure everybody's already listened to, but it was a little after the 13-minute mark, we asked Mark, who you got? You're on the clock, and it started with, well, where do you want to start? I don't know where to start. I don't that's know. That's, that's why we brought him on. Eric, if if you want to be specific, go to the 14 minute and 15 second mark where we call him and we FaceTime him. And he goes, FaceTime? I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> well, it must have thrown the whole thing off. And maybe I didn't warn him about FaceTime, but it's still a phone call. I mean, you could still, like whether we're talking to you 
and looking at you or you put your phone down and have it it's still q and a fill it eric it's it's not q and q it was was, that's what it was it was q and q because where do you want to start i don't know mark and then we proceeded to yell at him and then he said all right let's start here what don't the vikings need here's another question there bud (laughs) his response of phil's response at the 1420 mark was who are the vikings taking his response was who who <laughs> and, oh. and maybe there was a who player out there I, no so. no there was no who's there was no whovilles out there from oh. whoville state um, no it it took solid it took a solid uh, five to six minutes into the q and q to get to an answer and it just turned into a really bad lions joke and then something about dave winfield but at that point i've had enough yes the dave winfield was interesting so I mean, he kind of was right. They picked a lot of offensive linemen. They picked some wide receivers and some cornerbacks. But not in any close to order or any names that he could have given us. So part of the part of the beauty of this is that complete, just horrific failure led into to the bet because oh, there was a few bets, weren't there? Well, right. So since since Brookings Mark would never give us a name, it became. This bet that well, it's just going to be a lineman. Pick whatever lineman you want. At which point, Rhino says there will be five emph- offensive linemen picked in the first thirteen picks. And Rhino, you were oh so close. Oh well, I, and I, I was, I was four out of five. But yep. that's what that's Vegas. That's Vegas. The only the only time I think that I went wrong was. I don't think anybody saw Arizona taking Simmons out of Clemson, the linebacker, the best player available possibly in the draft uh, after Chase. And so I was thinking, okay, protect uh, the blind side of the quarterback he just took who runs around and took a lot of sacks. No, they took a uh, linebacker. So I think that's where I went wrong. That was bet number one. I was was going to say, there's, there's more than one bet, right? There's, there's so, multiple blacks. Well, it was tough to distinguish. Yeah, so you lost that one. That was one thirty rack that you lost to Mark. That's the third. I was down 30. Okay, yes. so you're yeah. down 30. Yep, so then I came back with Mark, and there was, I think, everybody on the panel, except for uh, a deep-sea fisherman, Eric, <laughs> said that, that the Vikings would probably go wide receiver cornerback to replace what they've lost. We've also suggested that they would trade back to get more picks. And Mark's Mark's response was, if they traded back, why? His response was, they already have extra picks. Well, yeah. the Vikings Which, ended up trading so many picks back that they tied an NFL draft pick record with 15. Boy, uh, when they made that, because they traded with the 49ers, right? And they moved, what, three spots back and added three more picks? Yeah, I mean, good, good for the Vikings to have so many picks in one NFL draft because then you don't have to worry about going into that, uh, you know, undrafted free agents. But wow, there was a lot. It, I don't know how deep this class is. We're going to find out when the Vikings actually put them on the field well, to see how many actually are there in, in the fall, week one. And that's why I love the draft because it's like every pick, and, and this is the funniest part. I was following on Twitter all week. I literally watched every pick. And when I went to commercial break, I ran to the bathroom. I came back. The best part about this whole conversation with Mark was at the 2234 mark, he's listening to Ben Lieber up there. We know who he is. Ben yeah, Lieber said that he, 
Yeah, they trade the 25th pick. Olsen, eight minutes after I already told him that they'd probably trade the 25th pick back to get picks, Merck goes, I think I agree. I think they should trade back and get more picks. <laughs> this this is the most all-over-the-place interview with a special guest that I've ever yeah. seen. Oh, it was, it was classic. Yeah, I loved it. Special. <laughs> I it loved it. Special. Uh, and I'm glad he was coming back from work, but he looked he looked like he was prepped and looked pretty good on the uh, fa- old FaceTime. Uh, next, he, I think he knew it was coming. Next well, time, Dave, Dave Winfield joke ready. That was in the that was in the chamber. Oh my god! Hopefully, and people. Yes, if you guys, sorry, if you guys want to hear the bad Lions joke, it's at the 1815 mark. <laughs> I I have this documented. It is the most bizarre. Ten minutes and seven seconds of your life. Oh. So if you do want to go back and then listen to this, you'll understand what it's all. You know what about. isn't bizarre though is this heavy metal from uh, Remedy. I I was very uncertain about the Bavarian style ale, and it's because I'm as we all know I'm a I, I really like the sours. It's a pretty good beer. So get down to Remedy, give this one a whirl. Sorry. And we don't get paid by Remedy. Just to let you guys, I mean, just to let all the listeners know, we do not get paid by Remedy. We do not get paid or given any of these beers. We go out and we buy them. We just like plugging them because uh, maybe one day they'll give us one. But, uh, oh, let but me we like to keep. That. We don't get paid at all. So. We don't get paid at all, no. Um, we, we do this all for fun. Um, but we like yeah. to make sure that people know and uh, go support their local breweries. So back to Eric's thing. So the second bet was the wide receiver com- or cornerback combo that we Phil agreed. And this is what we're, they're going to probably do. They just traded back, got more picks, and did it. So technically, it's a push. I I, I think I won Vegas here. It, so, it certainly could be a push. It's hard to tell from the audio. That's why we need to bring Brookings Mark back at some point. Yeah, we, we will not talk to him. About to explain himself. <laughs> we need to bring him back to see what bets he thinks he did and did not win. I will pay you both two thirty packs, eat, one thirty pack each, not to have to Mark not back have on. That <laughs> yes. No, we have to bring him back on. He's coming back on. Why? Because we'll tell him, hey, you want to be back on next week's <laughs> podcast? We'll call. Him. Oh, I wasn't prepared. We'll wait until we'll wait. We'll give him a couple weeks to get uh, fertilizer put down and planting done. But we have to bring him back on to see his take on on who won the who won the bets. Oh, I think you guys saw the text message going through about midnight. I was in bed. That I was not impressed with that because I went to bed. Oh, really? I about got punched by my wife. Text messages. There's no way I'm reading that. That's that's fine. (laughs) But you're okay with texting us at five fourteen (laughs) a.m. It's the morning. Isn't everybody else? No! You can read it when you wake up. <laughs> no. You know, okay, so if, what's worse? You can put it on the poll. What's worse? Texting a friend after 10.30 p.m. on a Friday or getting a 5.14 a.m. text on Saturday morning? I think... Well, no. I, it's just I, I just felt to be waiting there for you whenever you... Uh, I'd, I'd rather... I'd you rather. answered really fast for somebody that... You couldn't have possibly been asleep. Well, you know, when you have a grandma in the retirement home that has COVID flying through it, you kind of keep your day oh on. <laughs> well, let me write that down. So I think some of the best things that happened after that draft obviously happened after the draft, and those three Jackrabbits getting uh, free agent deals following the draft. Mikey Daniel, Luke Sellers, Christian Roseboom. Roseboom going to the Rams, Luke Sellers going to the Lions, and Mikey Daniel going to the Atlanta Falcons. How do you think that's going to work for those guys? Man, wish them the best of luck, but it adds a certain amount. I, I heard today that virtual 
uh, training has started. And if, you know, if you're not able to, you know, be in front of these coaches, you know, how does an undrafted guy make the team? Uh, that's a good question. I, I know, <laughs> I know Rosabom was throwing tires around. It sounded like Mikey, you know, when we had him on, it sounded like he was getting into a great life uh, here in Sioux Falls and being able to lift some weights. Um, Luke, I would, I would assume Luke is figuring out a way to get into a gym or do something down there in Omaha. I would, I mean, they have a bunch of options. Um, Rosabon might be the hardest one being down in Sioux Center. And if he can't get into the Sioux Center High School or like a Dort, you know, Dort College gym, if he doesn't have a real gym, his, his other options might literally be squatting and lifting tires and, and just going old school. He might, he might find some old red barn and just go up in the loft and start moving hay bales from one end, to one, one end of the barn to the other. But I'll, I'll strong, baby. That. I'll counter that with if there's three guys that would get drafted or undrafted free agents to the NFL. Look at the work ethic on these three guys. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to show up regardless of when they're able to be there. They're going to be ready. I mean, Mikey's was dang near announced like the minute the draft was over. Like, hey, signed with the Falcons. Okay, sellers. One thing that I know, and I, I guarantee you guys can know, is that with Zenner up there in Detroit, the running game has always struggled up there. And getting him up there, maybe opening up some lanes. I believe they drafted, and I don't know all the picks, but uh, I know they got a running back. I think it was one of their first two picks. Um, and we can go back and look at that. Yeah. But Boom is probably the most talented guy out of all of them and he's going to a squad that needs players they lost girly they, they're losing what, is, what do they have what do they even have at linebacker i mean i i don't know anybody that would stick out at linebacker well, they, which is they cut they cut matthews as long as the girly so i know he's 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 a free agent so someone's gonna fill in there um i didn't look at the rams draft like pick per per pick yeah but um Boom is one of those guys, too. NFL love guys who just play football. And he could slide down into, like, a safety slot or one of those hybrid 3-4 uh, guys that covers tight ends and stuff like that. And when you're out in the uh, West with how much gunslinging there is now, he, he could have a spot. But you also have to look. These guys are looking to make practice squad. I mean, if you make practice squad... That's where you'll see, hey, this guy's a gamer. He's playing all facets of the game. I just, uh, yeah, I just pulled it up. It looks like, if I have the right year, I typed in 2020 draft. Um, it looks like they picked two linebackers, so it's not like they went went real heavy on linebackers. I don't know what they have linebackers on the squad now. Uh, I, I think he would make an excellent middle linebacker. Just, I mean, he has a nose for the football. Um Mikey, Mikey's I, he has a good shot at making that team with the with the Falcons. It, it, there's just opportunities there, and Luke, Luke is going to move people. So I, I think they're all going to impress in camp. It's just hope. Hopefully, there's enough time in camp to impress, and that's the one thing coming out of this draft that I think um, there was concern, and it kind of came true. Is the NFL team straight away from drafting a whole lot of FCS players? I was following Sam Herter and uh, 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 
the McLaughlin guy uh, down out of Florida who does a lot of hero sports uh, FCS stuff was just on the the Jackrabbit Illustrated podcast with Thumper. Um, I think that was their concern, and it kind of came true. They they I think they felt there was 15, 16 guys that probably should be drafted, and I think there was only six or seven that ended up getting drafted. Now I think a majority yeah. of it, majority of them ended up on a team um, as undrafted free agents. Um, but if they were able to have their their pro days at their schools, um, similar to what our guys missed out on, and everybody missed out on, I think there would have been more FCS guys. But uh, NFL guys, especially when it comes to FCS football players, they they want to see them in person, um, being able to do their thing during those pro days. And if they can't, they're they're going to shy away from them. And that was that was very evident. Uh, in this year's draft, but talent talent shows out and hard work shows out. You learn a playbook, bust your butt. That's how you make in NFL some teams. Situations in some situations, it's not the worst thing. If you look at Roseboom's article in the Sioux City Journal today, talked about the positive of not being drafted and being able to be on the team that maybe is a better fit for you by not being drafted. Yeah, I mean, he was able to pick the team and like you know, I don't like I don't know who any of their linebackers are, so they have no stellar linebackers. I mean, they have NFL caliber linebackers because they play in the NFL. So, so not to divulge away from the SDSU guys, but I read an article today on ESPN, Mr. Irrelevant, the guy who went to the Giants. He had a potential $150,000 signing bonus if he went undrafted free agent. And the Giants took him, which I'm, I don't know what the signing bonus is for Mr. Irrelevant. But those are those things, like, you look back at Winnicky and all these guys that were the SDSU guys that were undrafted free agents. When you get to that sixth, seventh round, are you better off saying, hey, I want to pick my Dale Moss, for example. Dale, uh, dude, there's a coyote somewhere in the house. <laughs> I don't know. There's that dog again. <laughs> <laughs> Philip was having Pizza Ranch and excellent Philip supporting not only the Brewers of Sioux Falls but also Pizza Ranch yep, and apparently support. some food was the dog <laughs> could smell the Pizza Ranch getting angry but you go but you go back to the Dale Moss when he had his opportunity to come out for NFL it was one of those everybody was saying is he going to get drafted is he going to get drafted well it's almost at the point where do you want to get drafted as a hey it's a pride thing I got drafted or it's like hey my agent now has 10 to 12 teams for me to select where my best opportunity is and Dale selected Green Bay at the time so it's 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 one of those things it's like do I want to get drafted yes but at the last round maybe the last 15 picks is it best for me to choose my opportunity to succeed or do I want to be drafted? So I mean, it, it, there's so much when you look at the draft and the full whole scheme of everything. It's crazy. But I like going back. I we all know these three guys. We had Mikey on. He's a great, great individual. I think the three guys that got drafted or not drafted, undrafted free agents that got selected. There's two uh, Earth and uh, Vinatieri. I think they'll eventually get to a spot. But I think, like you said, with not being able to re- like research and have somebody on and have yeah. like Vinny kick for somebody, um, it's it's like whatever. I knew the minute that the Patriots drafted the kicker when the Vinatieri talk and all that yeah. was like, hey, maybe they'll allow it. But it's Belichick. He had a dog drafting for him, so I don't know. I, I think Vinatieri may end up taking the route that uh, his uncle took. He may end up in the, the Canadian Football League for a couple years and then come back down. Um, 
he he had a rough year this past year, and there's there's no denying that. I mean, as good as a kicker as he has been for SDSU. He had a rough he had a rough senior year and I'm you know and I'm sure there were some nerves and everything else that went into that but uh, you know that those guys when they start watch, watching film and start seeing him miss kicks and maybe not going out there for kicks I think it did have an impact um, on him and the other fact that he couldn't get into anywhere and kick for teams personally had a huge impact so I, I think if he doesn't get picked up by a team there's i think the canadian football league well which you know they're supposed to be playing this summer here pretty soon right um he would maybe have gone there but there, i i still think you're right there's there's a chance for him to end up somewhere kicking where he's going to get a shot at the nfl sometime in the future yeah not a negative side point but the xfl folding i think hurts a lot of guys too yeah. because i mean uh, was it Jefferson out of the Battle Hawk? I think he got drafted in the fourth round because he had he had a college issue, foregoed his college, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, eligibility, and then went to XFL to show his talents. And I, I, I think there was about eight, eight, twelve guys out of the XFL that either signed a free agent deal prior to the draft or were drafted during this. So. The league having extra leagues helps all these guys. So, and this, and we'll talk about this with Jonathan. But it's just a wild time for coaches, players, leagues, everything. I mean, I don't know what Mark or Vrabel, Coach Vrabel, had going on in his background with his son with the mullet that was bleached white with the Iceman awesome. speed suit and the, and the guy looked like he was going to the bathroom, deuce style on <laughs> in the window. They had. They had fun with it, but yeah, for the Jacks guys, you know, God, God bless them. Good luck to them, Mikey's. I mean, ATL. He's down south where he knows some IMG guys, and so we'll see. Well, I can't wait to get back to SDSU and see the next crop of Jack Rabbits that are going to be coming up to go ahead and make their way to the NFL. And so, now right now, we're going to check in with John Schaefer. He's director of football operations and on-campus recruiting up at SDSU to learn a little bit more about what he does and how things are going on campus. All right, hey, Razors. Uh, we are sitting here with uh, Jonathan Schaefer. What's up, Schaefer? Not much. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Uh, we wanted to get you on just because um, we know you're director of football operations on campus recruiting and stuff like that. And now with the times that we have, want to explain what that actually means. Yeah, yeah. So, um Football operations, uh, that part of my job is uh, anything that goes on in a football program that's not related to coaches, coaching and X's and O's. So um, anything in the football program, so whether it's ordering supplies for coaches, team travel is a big part of what I do. Um, I'm basically Coach Stig's right-hand man, whether it's helping him out with uh, typing up stuff, uh, letters or anything that needs to go out. Um, and then a lot of our budget stuff runs through me, so making sure we're spending money in the right spots and uh, not going over our budget um, is a big part of what I do on a day-to-day basis. In terms of the on-campus recruiting, um, there's a bunch of NCAA rules that we have to follow based on what time period it is um, and based on how old the prospect is. Um, but anytime a recruit is on campus, it's my job to make sure that they have everything lined up, so whether that's 
um, an unofficial visit or an official visit. So an unofficial visit might be like a game day visit. So making sure that their name tag is ready, making sure that the compliance form is ready for them to sign in for tickets, um, making sure that they know where their spots are, making sure they're watching um, the correct coach uh, during like drills, during pregame warmups, um, stuff like that, making sure that they're getting all their questions answered. And then an official visit um, is a little different. You can pay for meals for them and their hotel stays. So uh, helping to line that up with um, our hotel that we use in town and different restaurants and stuff like that. I'm, I'm kind of the pinpoint guy on getting to the restaurant early, making sure it's ready and having appetizers on the table and, and that sort of thing to make sure that the whole visit goes smooth for them so that they feel really comfortable about SDSU as an option to uh, pursue their academic and athletic careers. So, so you do a few things. So, <laughs> I do, do a couple things, yeah, you bet. So, so um, I have a few questions from what you said. One, so that's the big difference between, because you always see on Twitter of, oh, my official visit, my unofficial visit, is like an official visit is you're putting, up a, putting them up in a hotel, getting them food, and then the unofficial visit is, well, you can come down on the field, be in the locker room, but it's like after that there's, there's no extra money spent. Yeah. Yeah, so an unofficial visit, they got to pay for their trip up here. They got to pay for um, that sort of thing. We, we normally don't allow them in the locker room, try to keep that just to our guys, make that special. Um, but an unofficial visit, yeah, you're not paying for anything. So it really shows who's committed on, on checking out SDSU. And um, really important for them to get on campus, you know, during the school year. And um, obviously that's been a little tougher now. But um, the official visit, you know those guys. A lot of those times those guys are either really close to committing or they're already committed. Um, and they're coming up uh, kind of just to hang out and really just uh, be part of the family and, and get to hang out with the guys that are going to be their future teammates and get to hang out with their coaches. And, sure. Um, it's a good time for the parents to connect with coaches and stuff because they're giving their babies to us uh, to take <laughs> care of them for four to five years. So um, they really got to know us too. So it's a good time for just to sit down and hang out and get any final questions that they might have before uh, they put pen to paper and, and sign that NLI. So then my next question, being that you're lining everything up for travel, are you the one who calls the airplane company when you guys have to fly? Like you're the one setting up, getting that, because uh, you guys rent out an airplane, right? So, yeah, so um, we have to basically go through a bidding process. So we have like a, it's a, about a 20-page document that basically says, hey, this is how big the plane needs to be. This is what the plane needs to have on it. This is our payment terms. Um, and how that all works. This is, um, you know, if we want any food or beverages on the plane, you know, it's all got to be like Powerade beverages, for instance, because we're a Powerade school. So okay. different, th different things like that are the small things. And then the big things are, um, you know, TSA and security, how that's going to work, um, what airports you can fly in and out of. So we fly in and out of Sioux Falls. And then, um, you know, depending on where we're going, we're trying to find a, a good airport that's in town or close. So setting all that up and then, um, once that contract signed, it's a company that they work with you um, on all the logistics in terms of if you have a guy that ends up making the travel list Thursday after practice at 6 p.m. and he's going for someone else, swapping the names out late so he's good to go through security and you don't have it, the wrong ticket the next morning, um, different things like that, whether it's a wives trip and we're bringing our coaches' wives. So there's a few different things that changes. The nice thing is we work with the same person on, on all our flights because they bid for the whole season. So um, and, and you get to work with the same person. So that's nice, um, even though you're going to different locations. So, huh? Wow. Because I mean, 
yeah, just the process of, you know, do you have to go through TSA? That's what I always wondered is, you know, on a, if it's considered a private flight, if you can just yeah. go go get on it on the airplane on the on the tarmac over there, like, you know, other smaller private flights, but then you always see the pictures yeah. of the guys in the Sioux Falls airport. What, what was it, Western Illinois, where we had all issues of getting out there and then getting yeah. from, from the airport down to Macomb? Yeah, that was a few years ago. We had uh, some weather. That was before I was the ops guy, so I, I, I can't take the blame for that one. But, well, uh, nobody, nobody would blame, was a, blame that, anybody that was, for that. That was a rough trip for sure. That that would be uh, my nightmare going forward for sure. But, um, yeah, we usually do go through TSA um, going out of Sioux Falls, and then it depends on the, the flight on the way back. Usually we're flying out of some smaller airports in some of these places that we go in the valley. So sometimes it's uh, usually they wand about 10 to 20%. Um, of our total uh, flight manifest, which is how many people we travel, which is anywhere from 130 to 135 usually. Okay. Um, and so usually on the way back, it goes a lot quicker, which is nice because guys are tired from playing in the weekend and stuff. So so that's usually nice to go through security a little quicker on the way coming home. Sure. What's the worst airport? Oh, we've, uh, ah, man, that's tough. <laughs> there, there hasn't really been any bad ones. I'd say like Springfield and Missouri State's a little tough because they have like a separate I made this mistake this year they had a separate airport next to their main airport we flew into the separate airport and our rental cars are waiting for us at the main airport <laughs> so um, I took the blame for that one that one was 100% me usually when we get off the plane there's rental cars so I'll get one and then um, our operation or, uh, Jason Hover and for the media staff so they travel a little separately because they get to the stadium early too and then i'll take one because uh, if i need to make a, a run to the supermarket to grab uh groceries or anything like that that i can't travel on the plane um so yeah that one's probably the toughest just because it's the two from the three that we dealt with this year so you talked about this year kind of being a little bit different uh with well obviously with covid and uh um what are you guys doing recruiting-wise for these kids? You can say this is a two-part. What are you doing recruiting-wise for the kids that you want to stay in contact with? And two, what are you guys doing for position groups, uh, current players? Yeah, so our coaches have a really good plan with that um, in terms of meeting. So our coaches are meeting with guys about three times a week, um, which will stop because of finals right now. But um, they're usually meeting with the guys three times a week, usually both about film and watching stuff like that. But also they're just doing non-football meetings and just talking about academics and talking about life and seeing how they're doing because obviously this isn't the most fun situation for, for these guys either who wanted to have a spring ball and wanted to compete. Um, so they're doing that, but just trying to get those guys in the playbook as much as they can. And then with the recruits, our, our coaches are writing letters every week. Um, so we're able to go to campus uh, once a week on Tuesdays and drop off all the mail that our coaches are writing. So we'll pick it up on Tuesday mornings and uh, drop it off. Uh, in Frost Arena in the mailroom. And so we're writing a bunch of letters, doing a bunch of graphics. Our coaches are calling guys, whether it's they're from their area that they recruit or their position group, um, try to switch that up so you're calling different guys. And Coach Stig's calling a uh, couple handfuls of guys every week, um, just trying to stay in touch because um, this thing is going to move pretty quick. We're also doing virtual tours of campus, so pictures and videos of you know the stadium and the SJAC, but also just campus, the union and the, the wellness center and because um, we do have a really nice campus, so trying to show that off to, to guys that we want to recruit and we want to get them up here, but um, because of the times, we haven't been able to get them up here or they're plan planning to come up here uh, in March for a junior day or for the spring game, and um, 
you know, they weren't able to because of this. So we're still trying to give um, these guys an opportunity to check out SUSU as much as they can to try to make the best decision for themselves and their families. So is there anything that's uh, still with the recruiting thing? Is there anything like the NCAA that you guys are noticing? Are they going to be changing anything with on-campus visits, extra visits? And I know right now you guys cannot physically have anybody on campus. Correct. You can do everything externally, email, uh, mail, as you said. Yep. Are you guys hearing anything like, are you guys going to be able to get extra visits? And you kind of brought up uh, official visits. You know, a lot of athletes that are going, they'll take an official visit. But if you, someone's really interested, they'll take a lot of you know, unofficial yeah. visits just to get up there. Are you guys hearing anything on your guys' side um, that you may get some extra time with these recruits? Not a ton. If I had to guess, I feel like um, once campus opens up and all that, I feel like there's going to be some times where maybe a longer period of time where you can bring guys up. Um, but like you said, um, for any recruit, an official visit, they can only take five. So um, they can take one to your school and four other schools, um, and not a ton of kids hit five official visits, but a, but a few might. Um, and unofficial, they can take as many as they want. But, yeah, trying to get – as many as they can because we'll use unofficial visits in the winter, in the spring, on junior days. We'll have our spring game. We'll have unofficial visits. Uh, you know, when, when kids come to, to to camp, it's a great opportunity to show them uh, campus. And, you know, when there's no camp, when there's no camp that obviously hurts. So it's, these guys will be making their decisions a lot different than other recruits have been in the past in terms of they're going to have to do the research and, and may commit to a school based on what they see online and, and based on what their feel is for the coach uh, without maybe stepping on campus at some of these places um, and then using their official visit as the first time to see uh, the campus and, and get after it uh, that way and check it out. So I, I think it's going to change a little bit, but I think the NCAA is going to try to keep everything as close together as possible and as similar as possible in years past because I think if they change a bunch of stuff, it's going to switch out how uh, – it's going to affect a bunch of stuff moving forward, and I don't think the NCAA wants this COVID and how we react to it to go into 2021 and and, and keep messing things up. So we've I've seen a couple of kids reclassify classes um, to try to get an extra year, um, but I, I think that a lot of kids are going to commit to schools being on campus once instead of being on campus three or four times, um, and some kids are going to commit without ever having stepped on campus, and their official visit will be their first time. Um, on campus after they're already committed. Well, yes, and now you kind of mentioned, we'll keep backtracking, you, you mentioned spring ball. I mean, that's a great uh, point of spring. You know, you get to see all the depth and all the position players and everything. You know, some guys realize they, uh, they're going to get a lot of more playing time and they're realizing, they're, how does that change now with no spring ball? It's going to make the fall so much more important for guys when they're, uh, you know, it's going to make the fall so much more important in those limited practices that you get in fall camp before the season starts um, and, and see really who's been putting in the work over the summer and putting in the work over the spring, um, whether it's running on, on the field uh, at their high school, if they're able to do that, or just do it, doing weights in their home gym or, uh, you know, just working out as much as they can. Um, but yeah, spring ball is a great time to evaluate. You get 15 practices, and, and not having that is, is going to be a little tough of a challenge for our coaches. But 
um, you know, we're really going to see who, who really put in that work uh, during the summer and, and during the spring because guys are going to be fighting really hard for spots. Guys are going to be fighting really hard for playing time. And it's really going to come down to fall camp and seeing those guys compete. Um, and that's going to be exciting, too, because it's, you know, the slate's going to be clean and no one's going to have a spot for spring ball. And we're going to get rolling. And it's going to be fun to see those, those guys compete because um, competition breeds success. Yeah, I think that's the biggest struggle that every single university is going to have in football team is how how to handle not having spring football. But but everybody's in the same boat, and everybody's going to start practice at the same time, so that's nice. Um, the, the NCAA is going to do a really good job of making sure it's a level playing field, which is, I'm sure is nice from what we've heard. So, um, But, yeah, it's different because some campuses are – uh, and certain states are opening up just based on um, how many cases they have in their states and stuff. So it's going to be unique moving forward. But um, the NCAA is putting out stuff every once in a while. And we have weekly staff meetings that Justin and Kathy update us on, on certain things. So um, we're getting more information every week on how we can proceed and what we can do and what we can't do. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, you know, SDSU is shut down technically until August 15th or something. So, you know, and when you have each university making those different types of decisions, it's, it's this whole summer and this fall, are, it's going to be a really interesting time. But that's what we have to deal with right now. Yep. And speaking of right now, we got the uh, scholarship auction coming up this Saturday, May 2nd. Uh, I know 6 p.m. is the official, and I got a unofficial invite for the uh, JFPA and former players at from five to six with coaching staff. So Saturday's a big day, big guy. What are you guys doing to prep for it? Yeah. So Saturday's going to be unique. We had a staff meeting today and they split it, split everyone into breakout rooms. So I think those are going to be called tables moving forward to try to keep it somewhat similar to previous where you and, and seven of your buddies go to a table and hang out and watch the auction. But it, I think it's going to be really cool because it's, an opportunity for people who aren't local, whether they're from Minneapolis or Omaha and maybe weren't able to make it up to this event, um, are, are able to get involved, whether it's just watching the live production and, and seeing where Jackrabbit Athletics is now. Um, I think that's going to be cool. What we're doing on our end, kind of like you mentioned, is that former players are going to be invited to a, a Zoom meeting with our staff. Um, and, and from there, they're going to be able to see you know, just what, what, what it's like at SUSU now. Right? Some of these alumni haven't been on campus since you know the new football stadium or the new indoor facility um so getting to talk about that stuff and getting to talk about college game day and some of the cool things that uh we've had going for us and that we we're going to continue to have moving forward um is going to be cool to show our alums um and then so from there they'll have the opportunity to stay on and, and go watch the live show um i know our development team is doing a great job with with that and, and i'm excited to see it i've actually never been to the scholarship auction um when it was in Brookings, so I'm excited to see how it works on a Zoom uh, video surface moving forward. So, because um, I do think there's going to be some things that maybe they can take from this and say, "Hey, maybe we can put in a link where people can watch it from Florida or, or stuff." Because Jackrabbit Nation is everywhere in the country, and so yeah. it's people who want to support. And this is going to give them an opportunity to do the the live stuff where they can't uh, bid on it if they're not in Brookings, as in the past. So. Uh, I think that's going to be really unique, and uh, we've just been kind of helping out with trying to get our alumni involved to be able to watch it, um, sending, getting ready the gear. So um, there's different packages, you know, 
a couple trips to like Nebraska and um, trip to NDSU and a, and a couple different things that people can bid on and, and be a part of. Um, some sideline passes for some games and some gear, whether it's some autographed gear from our guys that went to the NFL this weekend and stuff like that. So um, just kind of helping out with that as much as we can. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see for sure. So my question is, what's the golf with Shafe going for right now? <laughs> Man. <laughs> I probably got to pay them because I'm going to definitely add some strokes to their game. I'm, I'm not the best golfer. I need to get better at golf. Oh. But uh, I need to go out sometime this week. It's been pretty pretty nice out. Yeah. So is, is yours going to be at the country club or is it going to be at Edgebrook? More of a public guy or more of a country club guy? Uh for for this, I would make it uh, the country club because there's no putt putt in Brookings. No, I always I always say if there's a business I can invest in, it'd be mini golf course in Brookings. I think it would do great. I think you're right, actually. As long as it's indoors, make it all year long. Oh my gosh, be perfect. Didn't uh, the hotel over there have an indoor astroturf for putt putt? What's it called there? The Where one else? with the big pool. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they, back in my day, I think they, money. I think they did. I, I think they, I know they had astroturf. No, you just summer. played golf there. You weren't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> just because you show up with, just because you brought a ball at a club, does not mean it's a putt putt course. <laughs> well, that's true. I guess you make putt putt anywhere, right? <laughs> that's right. Hey, Shafe, I'll just jump in here real quick. Can you give us just a little bit of background on like where you're from, where you worked for before you came to SDSU, just so we have a little frame of reference in that way. You betcha. So I'm from Sioux Falls right down the road, um, and I'm an SDSU guy through and through. So um, came to school here, uh, graduate high school in 2012 from O'Gorban High School, um, and, and I came here as a freshman. Um, freshman year, first semester, didn't really do much, you know, um, in terms of, like, having a job or anything, um, and, and got involved in athletics. My first job was actually as a parking lot attendant for basketball games at Frost Arena, uh, said that's not what I want to do because you're standing outside directing traffic <laughs> in the middle of winter. Um, so I, I didn't really like that, but I knew I wanted to get involved in athletics. So um, I ended up uh, emailing uh, Coach Stig. Um, and so he sent me over to Coach John Flynn at the time, who was the O-line coach. Um, and so he was like our equipment liaison. They didn't have an equipment manager at the time. They were in between hiring a couple guys. So I met with Coach Flynn, and then the next week I met with Jordan Hunt, who's the head equipment guy at Vanderbilt now. Um, and I started off as an equipment manager, did that first season, and I started student coaching for a couple of years, so uh, was doing more of the play breakdown and, and helping out uh, in the office just with anything I could, um, a lot of the breaking down film and self-scout and reports and stuff like that. Um, from there, I was offered, and uh, I also worked for the baseball team for two years uh, in 2015 and 2016 with Coach Schreg, who's now at Butler. Um and so he uh, knew someone, and I ended up getting an internship with the Minnesota Vikings during training camp in 2015, um, which was awesome, you know, up in Mankato and, and got to hang out around yeah. an NFL program and, and see how that, that's done. Um, and, and that was really cool just to have that experience because that's a, a whole nother level that um, our guys are going to get to experience, you know, the three guys that signed this week. Just the difference in the NFL and college football is, is super unique. Um, and from there, came back here, was an intern, uh, and then got put on as a GA. So I got my school paid for and got my master's degree. And then from there, the full-time 
uh, ops job opened up and I accepted that in June and uh, just finishing up my first year now. And then you guys sit there and work with us for the Sioux Falls uh, uh, second uh, signing day uh, extravaganza. That was good, yeah. Signing day, signing day is fun. I love recruiting and I love signing day because it's it's the opportunity to bring people in. And uh, to be honest, that event went a lot better than I thought it was. Like the day before, we went up to Buffalo Wild Wings. I had never been to that Buffalo Wild Wings in Sioux Falls, and and they did a good job just with space and and thought it was good just to get some people from Sioux Falls involved, too, that um, may have not been up here for our, our signing day uh, party in December, which is in Brookings. So um, always trying to look into do stuff like that, get the fans involved, and um, because people are really interested in recruiting and who you're bringing in and stuff like that. So that stuff's really cool, too. So Yeah, that's yeah that was our well, – sorry, Phil. That was our second – that was our second year. You know, last year we had it at another location. We had it at Buffalo Wild Wings this year. I know Phil was there. Eric, did you get it to this one? I did not. Oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, next year, <laughs> next year. But uh, I mean, as we in that event, you know, it's something that you know that I know you want to do uh, five, ten, fifteen years down the road because what Sioux Falls has, the alumni base we have here, is great for all the programs and the university up there at SDSU. So we, we thank you guys for coming down here. We know the coaches have a good time, and we look forward to keep building that. Oh, yeah. No, our, our coaches like it, and our Sioux Falls Jackrabbits are awesome. You see that at uh, the Summit League tournament. I remember going to my first Summit League tournament in 2009. I was like, wow, this is crazy, just seeing all that blue and yellow in the stands. So our Sioux Falls fans are awesome. Well, Safe, we appreciate your time. And, uh, again, anything we can do down here in Sioux Falls to help you guys out, uh, you know we're always game. Uh, we appreciate you coming here and uh, explaining what you guys have been doing. And uh, uh, we look forward to, well, Saturday hanging out with you guys for a bit. And then I know the us three have uh, the hair raisers table um, for the auction. So maybe you'll pop in. Maybe we'll get a Shafe pop yeah, in. I don't know. You might. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I get the link, you know, I'm definitely in. So hang out and have some fun. It's going to be a good event. Looking forward to it a ton. So thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, Jonathan Schaefer, thank you so very much for your time. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yep. Take thank care. You. Yep. Bye. All right, a big thanks to Jonathan Schaefer from uh, SDSC, Director of Football Operations of On-Campus Recruiting. What do you got, E? You know what I like best about Schaefer? When you ask him a question, he answers it without asking you a question back. That was fantastic. Yeah, I really he, enjoyed that. He <laughs> answered everything with an answer and not a question. He has an answer ready to go, even, even if it's as dumb as, like, how do you charter a flight? I couldn't think of the word charter when I was asking him, like, how do you rent an airplane? No, it's charter a flight, you moron. This isn't, this isn't uh, uh, Alamo where we're renting an airplane or a car. This is, this is, a, this is an airplane. You I'll charter you, though, a flight. Having him on, it, it, and if you guys don't know, if he, he does so much stuff behind the scenes, and he has a fingerprint on just about everything that the coaches in the athletic department have at SCSU football. So thank you for having him on. He is uh, he's a good dude. We worked with him quite a bit with the recruiting stuff and here in Sioux Falls. But uh, he's a good guy. He's 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 I mean he's worked hard to be where he's at. Yeah, he's a busy man. I mean, <laughs> when uh, 
when he's setting up everything on the road, getting you know hotels lined up, flights lined up, food lined up, the right type of food, uh, all their equipment, making sure the equipment gets on the plane, the right jerseys. Wow. That's a lot of details, and that would be something I would epically fail at. You know what though? You know not to not to get on them about the wrong airport in Missouri. There's Missouri's backwards anyway. Anybody can do that. Who would think Spring? <laughs> who would think Springfield, Missouri? Right? It's in Springfield. Would have more than one airport. Springfield uh, Airport and Tire Care Center. Yeah, yeah. Them having more than <laughs> whatever. But speaking of getting things lined up, they're busy up in Brookings trying to get the Jackrabbit Athletic Scholarship lined up under the virtual, what do you call it, format this year, model. <laughs> I'm real interested to see if their internet's powerful enough to pull this off. I'm, I'm... I don't think they have their... <laughs> well, well, it's it's, gonna, we're it's either going to be really awesome or... There's going to be some glitches, but I'm excited. I'm 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 just glad that they are still trying to do it, and that's the best part is that they just didn't can it, and they're putting the effort in to try and make it the same as other years, even though we can't be there. Yeah, and like I think we talked about before with Elliot, I, th- I and Shafe just you know talked about too. I think who knows where this is going to go? Maybe this becomes a live slash virtual type of place where. Uh, outside of Brookings, South Dakota, you can be involved with. But the biggest question here, boys, <laughs> what are we wearing? <laughs> I'm. What are you wearing? I'm. I'm gonna roll the Hendo's Blue Ninjas because get, we gotta we gotta support the pod. Those are our shirts with a with a blue and yellow sport coat and maybe a pair of shorts. Maybe. 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 <laughs> Nobody will be able to know. Nobody will know. <laughs> or a nice you, pair of <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to it. Should be fun. If there's any amazing glitches, I'm sure Mr. Elliot Paul will be happy to come back on with us and explain the behind the scenes look of whatever happens. Either way, it's still going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to supporting the Jackrabbits Saturday night. Go out, yeah. get tickets, start bidding on things. You can also go ahead and direct purchase some items. Yes. That's all online right now? Yeah, it's all online. Uh, there's quite a few jerseys out there yet. I saw some baseball jerseys. You can buy uh, some SDSU football helmets right now. I think they have a few things from Dom. Uh, one thing I'm looking at is the uh, Mike Dom retelling he was in Fortnite battle. Not for me. No, don't, don't click Fortnite. on that link. Do not click on that link because they, he keep, tell you he's using Dom. To beat me as an ambassador. I don't care about the link. I'm just going <laughs> to click on the thing to hit bid. Well, I didn't know you were a big Fortnite guy there, Philip. That's but, for uh, sale. <laughs> until next week, let's go big. Go blue. Go Jacks. <laughs>